Hi, Marcus Pierce here. Exceptional Life Blueprint Live, my signature two-day transformational event, is coming to Melbourne for the very first time, and you are invited. Join myself and a tribe of like-minded souls at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on June 3 and 4. You will transform every area of your life from mediocre to magnificent and create a blueprint for your life purpose and career, your health, wealth, relationships, spirit, and more. Early bird two-for-one tickets are on sale now at melbourne.marcuspierce.com.au forward slash couch. That's melbourne.marcuspierce.com.au forward slash couch. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favourite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Anthony D'Amato. Anthony performs as Remember Jones and is a -a one-of-a-kind soul and pop singer, storyteller and band leader with a throwback vibe and authentic energy that brings audiences to another time and place. And right now, you're probably wondering whether you've stumbled across the right podcast show because this is not, you know, we're not normally a music podcast show. It's not normally the topics that we sort of talk about. But Anthony also has another amazing part of his life, an amazing journey he's been on. He lost 200 pounds. That's, you know, almost 100 kilos for those of you in Australia in one year on the paleo diet. Um, 200 pounds in one year. It's hard to even fathom. Um, And he did it without restricting calories, just eating a paleo diet. So losing 200 pounds from just walking without counting calories, he wasn't on the biggest loser. He wasn't you know, doing anything extreme. And he found that the biggest challenge wasn't actually even just losing weight, but it was actually keeping the weight off for the four years that followed. Um, he changed his habits and he changed his life. It's an amazing journey. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mate, it's an amazing story. I kind of I read this story online. I think it was actually Bill and Haley who introduced me to your story from Primal Palette, who are amazing people who I love. And uh, and I read about your story. I was just like, that is incredible. I need to speak to this guy. So, what happened, Anthony? What was it that made you decide that you wanted to change something? I guess for starters. You know, I I think about this a lot because I get asked that question and there wasn't really a defining moment for me. Um, you know, I was actually 375 pounds at my biggest and I was happy. You know, I was, I was really a happy guy. I, I had a lot of friends. I, I was a musician at the time performing, but I was also a funny guy and very positive and, and I, I really enjoyed my life. But it, it started to bother my mentality and it started to bother my physicality. And, um, you know, I also started to see that I was losing opportunities in my career and in my personal life because of it. So all of these things kind of crept up on me over the year or two before I decided to change my life. Yeah. Now, 375 pounds. I mean, that, that's that's pretty large. Like, that's, yeah, that's a big, solid guy. So what is it that led to you being in that position in the first place? Uh, probably a lot of things. I, I go back to what I've been saying as my programming. Um, you know, we were a very, uh, lower middle-class family. I mean, I would call us poor. 
Um, we were on a strict budget and it was my parents and my older sister and I, and we lived in a very small apartment and we kind of ate what we could afford. And, mm. you know, with that comes very little quality. So I was eating that and, and, and very lethargic, you know, video games and, uh, just kind of hanging out with friends. And that was just, that was just my life that I knew. I didn't really know anything other than that. But my luck, uh, of course, was the metabolic derangement. You know, I was <laughs> just <laughs> struggling uh, always. You know, I was the the chubby kid and no one in my family was really dealing with that but me. So it was just what I thought was normal and was me. And I um, just rode that wave. And of course, as I mentioned, I had some success that way. You know, I, I had a happy life and, and I was I was popular as the person that I was and and I didn't see it as a problem. So I continued to do that. And as I got a little bit older and, of course, being a musician, as you mentioned, uh, was on a budget starting out. So doing, you know, fast food and um, eating a lot for whatever I can get at a low price was the most important thing to me. And I. I I have a really strong relationship with food. I mean, I love food. I have a big Italian emotional family. We would get together and eat. That's just what we did before anything else. And as a social thing with my friends, you know, food was number one before anything else. We considered food before doing any other activity. Um, so that is probably the thing is the programming is just what I kind of grew up into and, and what my parents had to do with what little they had. Yeah. And it's really interesting because it's, it's a very common story. I mean, you know, you, you look at that story and you think that could be describing so many people in our society. So, you know, as you said, there, there are obviously uh, genetic differences and, and metabolic differences between all of us. You know, I know for me, um, you know, I'm probably one of those people that many people hate because when I was younger, I would eat probably not that dissimilar to what you were eating, you know, but I was skinny as a rake. You know, I, I wasn't healthy, but I certainly wasn't definitely wasn't in any way stretch or form overweight and so you know it's yeah and and it's you know in some ways it's a blessing and in some ways it's a curse because i think many people go through life like that thinking hey i'm okay hey i'm healthy you know that this this is working for me and and don't necessarily do something about it either so um you know what have you learned i guess about your body and about your metabolism as you've gone through this process i think you made a very important point and i've had that conversation with many people who say, you know, I don't understand that because I'm thin and I can eat as much as I want and I never have to worry about, you know, my waist size or or anything like that. And I mentioned to them, well, you know, this is also eating for my health. I'm also eating for longevity. The changes that have happened to me in my body because of changing what I'm putting into it or what I'm putting on to my body is not just my weight. Uh, you know, I had, for example, a bald spot where the hair grew back, you know, um, uh, my skin is much clearer. I don't have breakouts. Um, I feel the changes. My digestion has completely changed. I went from, you know, being constipated for days and days and, and thinking that that was normal to now feeling good about that part of my life. And, um, all of these things have changed for me. Um, my nails, the, the, how fast they grow and how good they look. And all of these things that when I finally tuned into that changed when I changed my habits. So it was a, a perk 
you know, the weight loss and, and then that was just going hand in hand and that I didn't expect. I also didn't expect to lose 200 pounds in a year. <laughs> I don't think anyone would expect that. That's incredible. It's pretty wild. I mean, I, I think my body just was like, thank you so much. You know, I, I the relief that I felt immediately, um, you know, I'm, I, I guess – I'm also a performer and I'm a very energetic performer. So that would always be my exercise. So that continued. And when I started to focus on some physicality and, and walked, I walked five miles a day. Um, you know, my body just loved it. And I think that it relieved a lot of stress. I think that time became meditation for me. And I just relieved my body and my mind in so many different ways that it just fell off with ease. I, I really think that 75% of that year, I don't even remember. I was just doing my thing and living and it was light and simple and easy and um, it, it was there. It wasn't really a struggle, of course, after the beginning hurdles of it. So was there any fear about making these changes, Anthony? Like, you know, you've, you've said that, you know, you were pretty happy with your life the way that it was. And obviously, you're a performer, you're a public figure. So, you know, your personality was this, you know, big, larger than life singer with a booming voice. And, you know, was, was there any fear that you were changing, I guess, the very nature of who you were? And, and I guess what made you popular as a performer, but also what made you you as a person? That was the ultimate fear for me. Um, I was sort of celebrated as the big guy with the big personality and the big voice. And uh, my happiness was, you know, that was a part of my happiness. I, mm. I liked that image. I, I enjoyed that that's how I looked. And, you know, I was the big cuddly guy and giving hugs was a fun, you know, it was just a, it was all a joke, really. It was all kind of, I, I defined who I was because of all of these things and allowed it to happen. So I, I was really scared about that. I talked recently with, uh, a friend's mom and she had said to me that they feared for my health so often but I would say a lot that I liked who I was and, and I was afraid that if I lost weight I would lose that uh, little did I know that it would open up so many more doors for me I mean I, I think I knew that in the back of my head to be real um, that once I, I was thinner and could transform and do whatever I wanted to do because I was thinner, that I would be able to do so much more. But, uh, you know, I, I really feared the unknown, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's a story for so many people when they're looking at making lifestyle changes. And, and some of them, I guess, it's a, it's a sort of conscious positive thing as it was with you where you, you liked the person you were and you were really happy with that. And, and for other people, I guess, it's a subconscious thing where they're, they're just, you know, they're comfortable with the person who they are, even if they maybe don't necessarily like that person and like where they're at. But, but change it can be really scary. So what would you say to those people who are, who are thinking about making some changes? I think, you know, we all make changes in our life. Uh, we move, uh, we, we have larger families, you know, we meet someone and it changes our mindset. 
we go on a vacation and we see things and that allows us to see the world differently or, or, or all of these different things, you know, we, we have to just kind of take it into action and make that move. Uh, I think change is hard no matter what. Change is, there's risk in pretty much everything. But when there are so many people who have made this move and, and, and changed their life and, and focus on what they put into themselves or onto themselves and, and how that changes them in a positive way, you have such a great community of people. Uh, this podcast, for example, we talked about Bill and Haley, who uh, we latched onto each other very early um, as part of my experience. You have these people and these communities that are around for you to kind of hold on to as a crutch as you make this change. You know, you're not alone out there. And everyone in some way struggles, as you said as well. You didn't necessarily struggle with weight, but there are always health things that can be improved by making lifestyle changes. So I think for people to know that you're not alone and you don't have to rush into something um, is really important. I think it's very daunting to see even my story, 200 pounds in a year. Oh, my goodness. I could never do that. Well, I, I didn't expect that to happen. I just went forward and did the change and started a little slow. The first few months for me were kind of figuring out this and listening to my body. I mean, paleo or you know eating a primal diet was not what I thought day one. It's kind of what it evolved into because I listened to my body and what felt right and and um, I, I went along with that. Of course, I did my research and I talked to other people and I've made a lot of friends in the online community because of that. I mean, that's such a great thing that we have. You know, for us to be talking halfway around the world is just an amazing thing that is very possible. And, and there are people everywhere that are doing the same thing and, and struggling the same. So I think that's something for people who are interested in making a change to know that there are people who love to talk about this and love to share that they feel good. Yeah, it's great. It is an amazing community and, and I think we're really lucky to be involved and, and it is amazing the way everyone supports each other. Um, but it's not always the case. Um, you know, I was talking to someone just the other day and they were, they were talking about the, the fat acceptance movement and they were really lambasting it and, and sort of getting stuck into it and criticizing it. And, and as much as I could see that you know, there were some points they were making around health and, and that sort of stuff that, that, I, that I understood and accepted and I get, I, I felt really uncomfortable with the conversation because I feel like there's a whole kind of other side to that story as well. And I, I'd love to know from you, Anthony, just because it's sort of topical in my head at the moment, but I'd love to know what your thoughts are around those sort of movements of, of fat acceptance. Interesting. You know, I've, I've, I've seen it. I, I kind of, I guess, ignore it in a way. Um, I, I think people are beautiful. You know, I, I think I, I can see beauty in just about anything. But if it's a little bit self-defeating, I, 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 I think there's a problem there. You know, I think that like uh, – I always say this. Maybe this will help me kind of understand and, and decipher this as I speak about it. <laughs> but I always say if the sad situation happens to me that I – know for some reason that I only have a few months to live. I, I've been saying as a joke, I'm going to eat my way out um, <laughs> because I, I'm going to enjoy the things that, you know, my body hasn't allowed me to enjoy and that I've changed 
and understand that that I I just can't do that because I do love food and I I do love being lazy when I get the chance to be lazy, but to to say well I'm just going to accept that as a thing who I am I don't think is. I don't know. I don't know if I, I agree with that because I could have accepted it. And like I say, at some point, I do want to accept that. I think people are beautiful. And if you are struggling with 30 or 40 pounds and that makes you in your head fat and you're just going to be OK with that, that's fine. I, I think that, you know, in in learning how to live with this weight loss, sometimes my most comfortable place is 15 or 20 pounds more than where I feel like I should be. But I feel like it's an everyday maintenance for me. And it's that 80-20 thing. You know, I'm I'm as good as I can be within my means. And as a touring musician, it's very tricky. But I think for somebody to say, you know, it doesn't matter what size I am. I'm just going to do my thing and live my life. I, I think, you know, you're not really doing yourself any good with that. It's because it's a health thing. So if, if your health is in check and you feel like your numbers are correct and you're feeling good and and you're still at the risk of, you know, being obese or something like that, I, I mean, I, that's what I'm, I'm trying to say. I hope this all kind of makes some sense. I think I think it makes great sense. And, and firstly, I'll say you know, I, I apologize for throwing that question at you without any preparation because it's quite a challenging question, but it just popped into my head as we're having that chat. And I think you've answered it really well. And, and I think what you've essentially said is it's, it's really about loving yourself. And that means loving yourself at you know, whatever size you are, but also, I guess, loving yourself enough to do the right things by your body for the long, for your longevity and for your health and for your happiness as well. And and there's always kind of that balance there. And that's what you're talking about, finding that balance of where sits comfortably for you. And, and if that means that it's a few Ks heavier, but you're happier and you're healthier and, and all those things, then, then that's what it's all about, I reckon, is, is loving yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're not going to stay in an abusive relationship you know, um, for too long, at some point you're going to recognize that it's not doing you any good and it's not feeding you the positivity or you're, you're being beat up consciously. You know, how many times you're going to beat yourself up? You have to love yourself a little bit and you have to feed yourself the positivity and the love. And, and I think that, yeah, you know, I love a cheesecake, but it doesn't necessarily love me back. Um, (laughs) so, you know, once in a while I'll have that cheesecake and I'll, and I'll understand that, you know, this is this is a treat and it's a thing. But yeah, if, if I continuously do that, I'm going to see the effects of an, an abusive relationship. Yeah. I tell you what, I make a good raw paleo cheesecake, mate. So next time you're in town, I'll, I'll hook you up. We'll, we'll sort you out. Well, I'm on my way. You just said the gold. <laughs> Hey, um, you said you mentioned that when you first started making changes, you had some challenges and there were some difficult bits you had to sort of work your way through. So, tell us a bit about sort of making this transition and making these changes when you decided you wanted to change. I knew right off the bat that my kryptonite was sugar. So, I knew that that was something that I call it kryptonite because it still can knock me down. I, I knew that that was something I had to control. I knew that it was the you know, we were an Italian family, so of course the pasta was there and, and, and a lot of breads and things like that. But that was always something I was okay with controlling. But when it came to desserts and cookies and cakes, I would overeat. I, I, I had no way of stopping that. So I knew that from the beginning. That was the first thing I had to figure out how to control. And I didn't necessarily know how. I eventually figured it out. And it was just through completely cutting it out at first. And I remember, um, I remember nights of, of crying myself to sleep 
you know, I, I remember just just horrible kind of withdrawal feelings. Um, I'm actually even as I say it, visualizing a night that that I just wanted so badly to get out and and have what was in my home. I mean, I was young at the time. I was still living with my family who was kind of just doing whatever they wanted. Mm. And, um, you know, that was that was really tricky times for me. And I was big, so I could only do so much physically. And I started kind of adding on uh, time and, and length of walking. I started with one mile or two miles. I had a small dog at the time who couldn't go any further <laughs> than two miles. So I used to leave the dog at home and had a little reservoir area that I would walk around. And once I started enjoying that, and I think for me it was the meditation of it the most, and I would download maybe a podcast or a new album or, or, or revisit music I hadn't heard in a long time. And it would just make time fly. And I realized that the five miles a day that I was doing that took an hour and 10 minutes or something felt good, felt great. Didn't really uh, do anything to change my day. I would get up a little early and enjoy that. So it was this evolving process of figuring out, let's not do it all at first. Let's, let's, you know, kind of add on and see what I can do. And then for me, from there, it was clothes, you know, as, as I knew I wanted to get to 300 pounds. So once I lost 75 pounds and my clothes were falling off, it was time to buy new clothes. But then I knew I wanted to keep this going. Mm. So that sort of happened to me a few times. Uh, I, I looked like different people throughout this whole process. <laughs> yeah, your before and after pictures are, are pretty amazing. Like, just a totally different person. It's incredible. I'm looking at him right now just going, wow, like different person. You wouldn't even recognize you. It's. In, I, I had a look then, you know, and that was probably because of being a performer because I had big hair and big sideburns and, and things like that. And, you know, now I'm, I'm still a performer and I, and I can adapt myself in many ways because of the look. But um, I, I guess for me, a big thing that I didn't really expect to be a problem was that change, you know, uh, losing the 200 pounds and celebrating it. And of course, people are saying all the time, oh, you look great. You could have this. You could eat that. You could do whatever you want. Um, I I really couldn't. You know, it would. First of all, the idea of that sort of bothered me and I would be faced with a challenge of control. And then if I would give in and have a bite or a piece of something or a drink or two, it would lead to the rest, which, you know, for me, one glass of wine leads to one entire pizza. Uh, <laughs> it's just this thing that I've had to really understand and, and try to figure out. It took me a very long time to overcome this, what I learned to be a binge eating disorder. Um, you know, I would spend six days being super clean and super strict to maintain my weight. And then the seventh day eat from the moment I opened my eyes to the minute I went to sleep and then have to deal with that for the next six days. Um, I, it just that kind of came out of nowhere and kind of crept up on me and it, it would affect everything. I would look in the mirror and see the same person, uh, you know, see the overweight person that I was, even though I was you know, down to 160 pounds at the time. Um, I had extra skin which was something that for me was something I, I would have never imagined. It's something I didn't think of. And it's something that I've, it's something that I've come to learn that a lot of people don't lose weight because of that. 
Um, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about that because obviously, uh, you know, it's it's fascinating that you're saying, you know, you took everything slowly and just sort of wanted to do it one bit at a time. But but in spite of that, you lost weight incredibly quickly. So, you know, what were the downs? Were there any downsides of losing weight as fast as you did? I, I think about this all the time, like going back and saying, well, I didn't feel like I was starving at any point of this. You know, I, I felt like I was doing fine. I don't think I pushed myself any hard I didn't stress myself out losing weight. Um, it, it felt very natural. I felt like, you know, I, I didn't. I wasn't counting calories. I wasn't doing that stuff. I just ate until I felt fulfilled and then went and did my thing. But uh, the, uh, the, the learning how to do this for the rest of my life was way harder than losing the weight. The stress didn't come until after I had to figure that out. Um, and it took me a long time. People wanted to know for many years how I did it. And I, I, I couldn't answer. I didn't feel like it was fair for me to answer or help people out because I didn't think uh, that I wrote the last chapter yet. Hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't think I have yet either because I still I, – I live just a few blocks from a beach here in New Jersey and I can't take off my shirt at the beach. You know, I, there's, I will still get the looks I got when I was 375 pounds as I do now. And as a performer and as somebody who can change the way I look constantly, there's still this hindrance of the extra skin, which is a result of losing it so fast. There are certain things that kind of um, went to normal, or I don't know really the right wording for that, but there are certain parts of my body that are not a problem. But there's, you know, I harbored fat in certain places and I have big shoulders and a big chest and I had a lot of fat there and, and a lot of extra skin is still there. So this is something that many years later, actually, this will be eight years uh, this yeah. weekend of me changing my life. And at this point, I'm sort of like, this is the last thing that needs to get figured out for me. You know, for me to have fully changed, I need to figure this out, whatever that is. You know, so that is definitely it the extra skin and, and having that sort of thing for me is, is the last piece of that. It's something that I never expected and the challenge that I live with now, but, uh, would I just give up and then eat and, and be lazy again? No, definitely not. I still, you know, spend my time walking and, you know, I do have a gym membership and I spend a little bit of time there and I, it, I will not stop doing that. I can't imagine myself, gaining this weight back, that would be a really, really dark scenario for me. Um, I've evolved also in a public eye. So that would be a really hard thing for me to take on as well. Yeah. I mean, mean, you you must have people who come back to your gigs 12 months, 24 months later and are like, well, when's Remember Jones come on? Like, you know, who's this guy? That happened to me. Uh, that happened to me losing weight, and you know, I performed through that. And there were people who used to come up to me and ask if I was okay because I was losing <laughs> weight. They said, "Are you okay? Is are you sick?" I'm actually feeling the best I've felt in my entire life. You know, so it was shocking for a lot of people to see. And of course, I I stayed busy. And I um, when you are sort of in the in a in a public eye, it is it is tricky, and a lot of people want to talk about it, or or they feel awkward eating or drinking around me or something, um, which I I see that a lot. But, you know, I'm very open about it. I'm very fair. I'm very easy. If people want to talk to me about it, they can talk to me about it. And I've I've been able to coach some people into some healthy situations as well for themselves. 
Yeah, that's great. And, and you know, I found something similar. Like, I gave up drinking for eight years, and uh, and it was the same kind of deal. Like, people would feel really uncomfortable drinking around me. <laughs> like, like I they they just automatically think that you're judging them or that you're you know <laughs> that you're, you're that you care whether they drink or not, which which couldn't have been further from the truth. It's it's an interesting thing that we do, isn't it? We we think everyone else is thinking about us more than they are. Oh yeah, that's I think about that all the time. Um, which is exactly what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that uh, you know I have enjoyed a drink here and there, and I, and I know my limits, and I know what I, what it makes me feel like after I do it, and I know that I can't do that all the time. But I gave it up for this entire year. So when I did bring it back in, it was it was a sign of 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 how it negatively affected me, and and I liked that. I, you know when people call their their days off cheat days or something like that. I, I call them reminder days because nice. I don't feel like I'm cheating myself, but I feel like I'm reminding myself that this is something I can't do every day. I and when, I really when don't I, like the term cheat days either. So I love that. That's great. Yeah. When I was doing it every day, um, I didn't know the feeling of good or bad. You, you know, it just, it, it didn't matter. It was just what I was doing. So now that I've actually focused and internalized this, um, you know, those days are important to do every once in a while so that you can remind yourself of what you can't do. Um, Anthony, I'm really interested to find out whether you think um, there was anything particularly, I guess, special or different about you. I mean, of course there is. But, like, in terms of your weight loss journey, um, you know, could anyone have done what you did? Or do you think that your particular metabolism or body or whatever meant that you lost weight, I guess, really fast? Like, you know, you lost a lot of weight in a short period of time. And I imagine there are other people struggling to lose weight thinking, well, that's fine that it was so easy for him, but, you know, it's not that easy for me. Like, do you think anyone else can do what you did? Or is there any tips or tricks you've got for them? Like, I'm sure there's people listening to this thinking, this is so frustrating. I just want to lose a little bit of weight and I can't get there. What tips do you have for them? I think my first tip is to not worry about me. Um, <laughs> just like we were saying, I think that everyone's story is different. And I did an interview recently with someone who had lost 150 pounds and his story was completely different and he lost weight fast. He did a completely different lifestyle than me. He runs five K's and does huge marathons and things like that, which I'm not doing. But that's something he enjoys and that is a part of his piece. And I think that that's my biggest tip. I think that really saved me in a big way was finding my peace. And I found a lot of solidarity and I found, um, like I've been saying it was meditation for me. You know, I, I found a, a really good center and balance and grounding within myself. And I feel like that's when everything just fell off. So I think that my tip is to not force yourself into something. If this lifestyle resonates with you, look deeper into it and look deeper into yourself and try to connect to it in many ways. Try to be as positive as possible and try to find the time within every single day to devote to yourself. Uh, there are actually days, you know, I'm, I'm very busy and I, and I think that there are days that go by where I don't get that time for myself and it stresses me out and upsets me and it makes me want to eat it makes me not sleep, which makes me want to eat and be lazy and, you know, all of these things that when I can get back to a grounding and, and a center, everything kind of just aligns with itself. Uh, I know this is kind of heady or, you know, a little bit of a hippie mentality, but 
it's it's really what I think just kind of saved me in a way. I really put, you know, people say being selfish is negative, which I get in certain certain situations, but this was my most positive selfishness. You know, I really, I, I changed my life by focusing on myself and saying I needed to be reborn in a way. It's it's perfect, mate, and it, it makes so much sense, and it's absolutely true. And I was literally, I'm, I'm writing a book at the moment. I was literally writing on that exact topic this morning, just about loving yourself. And for me, it was coming from a totally different perspective of, um, you know, going through a divorce and separation, and, and trying to recover myself mentally as opposed to physically. But but it's the same thing, you know. You do have to love yourself enough to to give those gifts to yourself first before you can, you know, give them to anyone else. And and it it it's not hippie at all, mate. It just makes perfect sense. So. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about you as a performer, mate. We're almost out of time, but but you perform as Remember Jones, and as I said, you have an amazing voice. And I listened to you before and after, and you have an amazing voice in both. And um, but but you, know, how did this affect your performance, and and how's that affected you as a performer? You know, I used to have a a, a lot, and thank you for the compliment, by the way. I uh, I had a lot of energy as a big guy too. So uh, bringing. Remember Jones as a, a stage persona, you know, this is very much my um, James Brown or my Lady Gaga or, you know, I, it's really a moniker for me to be the artist that I am on stage, which is just a high energy, super soulful performance with a big band. And um, it's just given me more energy and more life and more opportunities. Uh, I can adapt in so many ways. I can, you know, look in whatever kind of look I really want to take on, which is super cool. And, and I, I like that, you know, I'm also an actor and a, a theatrical performer. So being able to do different roles in theater because of how I look and I feel or knowing that I can now sustain that when I was heavier, if I would sing a big show, you know, sometimes I do 20 or 30 songs in a night, I would be tired physically. My voice would be tired. And when I was bigger, I really wouldn't charge overnight. You know, I, I, I would stay tired. I don't know what was happening in my sleep or what was not happening, but I'd wake up and sometimes my voice was in worse shape. I mean, now if I don't sleep seven or eight hours, uh, I'm not really doing myself a favor when I have to sing the way I do. I'm, I, I, I sing very much Olympically, you know, I, I'm all over the map. So I need to rest and I need to take care of my health for that too. But it's just really, it's allowed me to do so many great things and, and meet people and do my thing. It, it was never really part of the reason why I did it, but it's been such a huge perk that I can, uh, you know, do my thing on the road and on stages all over the place. So, if I'd love you for you to share with everyone what you're up to at the moment. Tell us about your album. I know it's available on iTunes and you're doing some tours at the moment. So, tell everyone where they can go and listen to you. And, and for people who are thinking about going and listening to him, just check him out on Facebook and have a listen to some of the songs because the voice is just incredible. Ah, thanks, man. Uh the debut album is called Ladies and Gentlemen, Remember Jones, and it's on iTunes. Um, it's also on a few different streaming outlets, but if you could buy and help support the band, that would be great. Um, we've got that, and we've been touring a few times around the country. We're going to be in Chicago on April 20th. We're going to be in Cleveland, Ohio on April 27th. We're going to be recording our upcoming album. We're going to be making a, a new one in Nashville, which I'm really excited about in April as well. And yeah, it's super, super cool. I'm really excited about it. We've got some great producers and, and great people, and uh, the band is is really talented. And there's a lot going on. I mean, we're, we're pretty much touring full-time, but my home base is Asbury Park, New Jersey, which has a thriving music scene, and we play there pretty often. But if you kind of get us on Facebook or Instagram, 
uh, we keep that really active. There's a lot going on for us. Perfect. And hopefully an Australian tour coming up sometime soon. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm ready to go. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. We'd love that. We'd love that. So, mate, thank you so much for coming on board today. It's it's an amazing journey. I think you've shared just some absolute uh, pearls of wisdom and, and just a really real story. So, thank you so much for coming on and being so open and honest about your story and for sharing what is just an incredible journey. And, and I guess, once again, congratulations on your, your health journey and, and also your singing journey. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Thank you, man. Thank you for inspiring me and other people. And, and this is great what you do. Thank you. Awesome. So, just remember, uh, head to rememberjones.com to find out everything about Anthony. You'll find all the links to his social media and everything all there. Um, get the album on iTunes. Check out his tours if you are in the US. Um, and until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com. And let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.